friends, welcome to the Inspired Podcast. I'm Jessica and I'm on the Inspired team here at X Church and I want to welcome you. If you're catching us for the first time, we are so glad you're here. The Inspired Podcast is designed to have relevant conversations centered around our everyday lives, looking through the lens of the Word of God. Life can be hard to navigate, especially as a Jesus-believing sister, mom, friend, or wife. So we invite you to our table and hope that you're inspired to view God in bigger and more awe-inspiring ways as you walk this journey with Him. Today, I'm joined by my friends Megan and Janice, and we talk through what it looks like to have a quiet mindset. It sounds really daunting, and you may find yourself swimming in a loud, noisy mind, but today we talk about practical ways to quiet our mind. So listen in. Hello and welcome back to the Inspired Podcast for episode yes. two of season four. Two. We're, I love those two. numbers. We're getting getting along it's here. Satisfying. Huh? Four and two. <laughs> season four, episode two. It's wow. just satisfying. Like two times two is. You four. know what? My son says that about everything. It's so satisfying. I'm like, can we choose a different word? Like <laughs> so lovely. Lovely. <laughs> lovely. Complete. complete. It's a good pair. Yes. Yes. Two squared is four. Yes, season four, episode two. Yeah. It's like well-rounded. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so last week we talked about women in the Enneagram, mm-hmm. yep. personality tests, spiritual gifts, tests, strength finders, what have you, color tests, and how it pertains and fits into our work-life balance. And we kind of go through defining what work is, defining what life is, how do we balance them, how does... Our personality that we learn from tests play into our work-life balance. So if you missed that episode, you're going to want to go back and check it out. But today, like I said in episode one, if you were not at the Inspired Conference this past year in 2022, in October, we had a little section where you could text in a topic that you wanted to hear on this podcast. And boy, did you guys respond. I mean, we had, I mean, the list. It's long. It's very long. It's a good one. It's awesome. But I love that we have tons of topics to talk about. But here's what we're doing this season. We're taking that list and we're trying to knock everything off. We're not going to get to everything. But what we did find was that there's some similarities in like the way that people were bringing up things, like how many times they came across And we're going to try, I mean, some will mesh and merge together because they fit like women in the Enneagram and work-life balance. Mm -hmm. But today I'm excited because we're going to be talking about a quiet (laughs) mind. (laughs) We're going to be talking about a quiet mind. A quiet mindset. A quiet mindset. They're probably like, they probably already switched the channel by now. (laughs) They're like, next Spotify. (laughs) We're just going to. Whisper this <laughs> podcast. We are not going to whisper this whole podcast. <laughs> no. crazy. Oh. The mouth sounds in the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That won't work. Okay, so chills. quiet mindset. What does that? What does that even mean? Beats me. Because <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> I got a bone to pick for who yeah, I wanted this. Like, <laughs> I would tell you what a quiet mindset was if I had ever if experienced it. Um, I, I don't know. I think that, well, I know, I do know that I, I really struggle with a quiet mindset because I feel like my mind is just always racing and a quiet mindset for me is like, like wanting a quiet mindset 
is like disrupting my quiet mindset because I'm thinking about the fact that I so desperately want a quiet mindset that I think about all the things I have to do first before I can have a quiet mindset. You're, you're, not you're making me yeah, dizzy. you're disturbing my but quiet you know mindset I mean? right now. It's like, oh, once I get through all my tasks of the day, then I'll like have my peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. But when will you ever get through all of your tasks for the Never. Because then you just start on tomorrow's tasks. Yes. Right. Or like the vacation you have in a month. Like what do you have? You got to pull or the, the suitcases out. that you have that you still haven't made any plans for. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. like making the grocery list, you know? There's always. <laughs> I will say the day that my seven-year-old opened the refrigerator and goes, wow, this is really empty. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. I have to fit it in to everything else. <laughs> my husband, it was a couple of weeks ago. He was like. I think we we were talking about things that I wanted to do when I have like a free moment. <laughs> You're like, like um, excuse me, what is- yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I think what I really want to do is just like organize our files. Like we have been, I don't so know weird. if you guys have like a place in your house where things just go. Like if you don't yeah, know where to the put junk them. drawer yeah. or but ours is, is oven, the junk spare bedroom dresser. Like that has nine drawers. And yeah, if it has nine drawers, you can yeah. use one for junk. Thankfully, yeah. no one needs our spare bedroom. Like, we never really have guests that stay the I'm night. I'm just going to come over and stay at your house and see what happens. But, like, we, Janice, <laughs> let me get the dresser cleaned out first. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least but it's not a whole room. I was like, we, we don't have an office set up yet. We want to set up one in the basement. But that's our to-do list. You know, it's on our list of things to do that I think about. And what color do we want the office to be? And what do I want to hang on the wall? And what shape desk do I want? But anyways, that's not till the summer. But like, we'll get mail, and if it's important, it just goes in the spare bedroom dresser. And so I, I, I initially freaked out because to change my name, I need our marriage license. And I was like, it is unknown to me where that exists right now, because we didn't like we got married and then we packed for our honeymoon. I wasn't like, we got to make sure we get our marriage license to the. Thank God for Pastor Zach because. He must have sent it out because I do not recall sending, <laughs> yeah. sending that thing out to the court. Couldn't find it anywhere. Looking in our junk drawer, looking in the nine junk drawers of the spare bedroom dresser. And it was just like stressing me out. So my husband asked like what I wanted to do. And I was like, honestly, I want to go through all the files. That's what I want to do. Are you equating your nine drawer dresser to your mind? Yes. Yes. Because there's never been a time where I have like... I've never like stumbled upon free time where I can be like, now I can have a quiet mindset with the pace of Does life. it ever have, I mean, I will, I will say like when my kids, when they got old enough to like stay at home by themselves, mm-hmm. I could like dash to the grocery store, mm-hmm. but still that's not, that doesn't really give me a quiet mindset because um, I'm still thinking about like, what do I, what am I going to cook? What do I need? What are the ingredients I need? And like, All what are they things? doing? Yeah. No, I don't think about it. <laughs> I told him everything that they should be doing when I left. So that's where it leaves. It stops. It leaves my mind. Yes. But they that's went back amazing. to school and there's times where the house is quiet. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it will never come, but it. you really do have to be intentional about carving the space out. Yeah. Yeah. For you to have time. Because I think that, well, I'm in my first year of teaching. And so there's a lot that I do like after work just to like, then go back to work yeah you know mm-hmm. and it's just you sometimes you're just in a rut of like i always have something to do so that's that is a loud mindset for you yeah is a to-do list yes mm-hmm. okay what's a what is 
What is not a quiet mindset for you? Not a quiet mindset. It would be uh, my anxiety out of control. Mm. I would say that hits a lot of us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's, you know, and I think when when I think sometimes um, about, um, you know, a quiet mindset, the whole thought of it can feel really daunting. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do I shut my brain down when, you know, when I have this that's going on and this is, you know, and I have this deadline and and then, oh, and there's all the stuff going on, you know, and family and there's, you know, and this person or this friend and you're just like, it's all, you know, you end up being like the little hamster on the wheel that goes, you know, around and you have that. And, um, and it's, it's a discipline mm-hmm. for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is a real big discipline just to say, stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember I had, um, a counselor years ago and this is an old trick and, um, she said, put a rubber band around your wrist and every time you start, <laughs> ru- Pop it. Every, every time you start ruminating and it starts going, you know, the hamster wheel mm-hmm. just snap it. Well then <laughs> I oh, went God. back to her and I, I and I said, I broke the rubber band. I broke it. And so she's to get a thicker one. And oh. I, let me tell you, the thicker ones hurt a whole lot more. <laughs> so, so I did. This I is got, old school counseling. Yeah, I got a thicker one. But it was just enough to just kind of like, okay, stop. Mm-hmm. And it's something deliberate that you do, yeah. you know. And, and it actually worked. I've done it periodically since then. It's like, get the rubber man out, you know. But it is a discipline to, to say I've got to stop. And I yeah. think that that's where... As as a Christ follower, we have an advantage mm-hmm. because we can, you know, we can't, we don't have to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. The stopping, mm-hmm. we can instead, you know, go to Jesus and just say, "I can't stop the hamster wheel in my head yeah. right now." Yeah, but yeah, I need it. I need you to intervene and bring some peace into my yeah. thoughts. You know, and He will. But I think that that's probably to me that would define. It, like you said, you wake up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I'm worried yeah. about this. What if this yeah. happens? What if that doesn't happen? And I think I I don't want to like I don't want to blame it on like spiritual warfare because I think that some of your to do lists like it it doesn't all have to be spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. No, you know what I mean. Yes, a lot of it's like, do you need to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot of it's me. <laughs> but I found that my loud mindset gets louder when I'm trying to spend time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that is a, an attack from the enemy. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, there have been several times in church on Sundays where I'm like, God, make me stop thinking about everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, let me focus in. Like, I'll find, and you slip into it without even knowing. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're just like, why am I thinking about my students' presentations that they're doing in three weeks when Pastor Tim's talking about how to attend, attend church the right way. <laughs> like, this is not the right way. <laughs> you have failed. I'm doing the very thing he's telling yeah. you how to do right now. And then I think about the fact that, well, I'm not doing it the right way. So, like, what else am I not doing? And it's just like a rabbit hole of, like, yeah. And I found myself being like, God, just, like, get, like, rid my Shut mind. it down. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I do think that my loud mindset, I, like, add a bunch of stuff to it. You know, yeah. I'm picturing like a KitchenAid mixer, mm-hmm. like you're making cookie dough and you're just like adding everything and then mm-hmm. it's like going and going and going. And before you have it, before you know it, it's like, it what's gets, going on? It gets even bigger. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. And it's, and I think too, I've, I've, one of the things I've found is that sometimes like 
it, and it, it never happens any other time. It's like you're laying there and you're like, okay, I really need to get to sleep mm-hmm. and all this kind of thing. And then these thoughts start popping in. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't want to forget. I've got this. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, call this person or text this person anymore. I, oh, you know what? I need to make sure that that is. Yeah. And I've learned for me, for my brain and the way it works, is that it does not do any, me any good to just say, oh, I'll, I'll remember to do that. Because then I worry oh, yeah. about whether I'm going to remember to do it. Uh, yep. Oh my so, gosh. So I think like this. So I keep I keep a pen and a sticky pad. Yes, a sticky pad. Yes, there you go. Next to my bed. <laughs> and then I'll just write it down. Yeah. And then, then it's like, okay, I'm not going to forget it now. because Yeah, it's, it's almost down. like a brain dump. I always yeah. like, I have a That's journal good. and yeah. it's a brain dump. And like when I like, so I, okay. So I feel like the way that my mind is, is, noisy is I feel like the enemy we're gonna go back to the enemy wants to keep things loud and noisy mm-hmm. hurried yes and oh, in big good. crowds because that's he good. wants us to hide and he wants us to blend he wants mm-hmm. us to he wants to deceive mm-hmm. us that we can just we can blend and not have to worry about the things that are plaguing us because like after all we're just like everybody else right right that's um, good. but I want to say that that that's a lie because mm-hmm. that's what this deceiver does is he lies to us. Mm-hmm. And so you you need to refute that. Just like he's he mm-hmm. you are not made to be hidden and just look like everybody else. Um, because I think in our society today, I mean, like if you think about all of the crowds that we have, I mean, like, well, COVID-19 kind of changed that. But we're back to relatively normal. Yeah. Um, but I mean, not only physical crowds, but. Like my whole social media feed is filled mm-hmm. with people. I mean, like there, that's a crowd. Instagram is a crowd. Mm-hmm. Facebook is a crowd. Um, noisy. You want to talk? We talked about this before. The comparison trap. That's right. a that's a lot of noise in my head. Well, like I'm not like them, or like I wish right. I could do that, or why do they get to do that and I don't, and blah blah blah, and and then hurried. I think that's like mm-hmm. my main thing is oh like gosh. I mm-hmm. I almost like have things in my brain faster than what my body can do or how my my mouth can talk. And I yeah. feel like I know that about myself because that's what happens to my son, Jude. And it's like his brain moves so fast that his words come out like, um, and, um, and he's not thinking slow. He's thinking so fast because he's already like over here when he's trying to just like communicate one thing. So I really think that the enemy works in, in being noisy, hurried, and in crowds. Yeah. So if, if yeah. that's what we establish a, a, a baseline of our non-quiet mindset, how do we eliminate that? And the ironic thing was, as I was just telling you girls, is that I really feel like God has worked on this area of my life um, probably the last two or three years. And it was really funny because last night I woke up at 3 a.m. and I did not go back to sleep until 5 because my mind was spinning out of control. <laughs> Like sweating and tossing and turning and kept things kept popping in my mind. I got my phone out to take notes so I could kind of do a brain dump. Still was not quiet. And as I was like coming up with ways like previous to this experience, I was like, meditation. Meditation is a great way to tackle not having a quiet mindset. And did I put any of that into practice last night? No. <laughs> because sometimes we're just stubborn, right? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you really just can't tell your mind to shut off. And so what do we do when we can't tell our minds to shut off? Or when we do and it doesn't work? One thing that has 
and I don't know, I didn't really identify it as like, okay, I'm trying to quiet my mindset, but I just, it just felt like something I needed to do. But I have like just communicated that with, whether it be like your spouse or a friend or like, mm-hmm. I'll be like, hey, this is like really running on my mind all the time. And it's been amazing at how many things like Jordan has been able to mitigate just because I communicated it with him. Mm-hmm. So I think we get part of our like trap in our loud mindset is that we're the only ones who hear it or the only ones who care about it. And that's why it's on our mind. But I think that there can be a lot of benefit from even just simply being like, this is like everything on my mind for this week. And then someone stepping in and being like, well, I can do that. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think, I think it's depending on like what season in life you are, it can be easier for others than it can for you you know Mm -hmm. like I know not everyone has a spouse that they can just dump their mind to and that spouse will pick up and take care of whatever but I do think that even if it's just like a friend Mm -hmm. like sometimes just sometimes I even realize that what's racing through my mind and causing me like to stay up at night isn't really all that huge when I say it out loud Mm -hmm. because it's like why am I like why why has that been on my mind for a week like what I'm gonna make for dinner on Wednesday when we have a busy night like what does it matter we have chicken nuggets in the freezer yeah you know and so for me it's been just like a brain dump but to someone Mm -hmm. else yeah that's a that's a good thing I think um I think recognizing what your weaknesses are kind of Mm -hmm. like what you were saying of these are the these are the paths the well-worn paths that my brain goes down yeah that takes me to where I don't want to go and and recognizing those and also recognizing that the enemy will leverage those yes and say yeah i'm just gonna i mean that's actually scientific you said well-worn paths right like neurologically yes absolutely. when we're stressed and anxious about one thing they yeah. create a groove in our brain mm-hmm. that's right and we will keep going that way yeah, right until and, something rewrites. right and the enemy just kind of gives us a little nudge you know yeah. i like you know like the dominoes you know and my my oldest grandson loves doing topple you know toppling do- dominoes and he gets these big elaborate things he sets up mm-hmm. and takes over their living room and great room and then you know and then they video it and stuff mm-hmm. like that but it's all it just starts with just one yeah and then it goes and goes yeah. and goes and it's like that's the way my brain feels sometimes yes. and my thoughts this is like yeah. it's like and off yeah. it goes it's like how did i get over here yeah you know and then yeah. you look back and you go oh yeah, it started with this. It started with, um, you know, what if this happens? I don't think oh, I can yeah. that. I don't think, you know, this is going to be awful. And then all these other things are going to happen. And um, and one of the things when I get into the what ifs mm. that I buy that helps is just to say, well, even if it does. Yeah, that's good. You know, God is still God. He's yeah. still in control. That's just still one good. word change. Yeah. That's the power. So yeah. And he and most certainly he can get me through this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I find that my self talk can be either harmful or, or helpful. Yeah. When it comes to whether my mind is yeah. quiet or it's, you know, chaotic and, and yeah. noisy and, and all of those things. And so I think that that's, you know, that's one of the things that's worked for me. It's and also too, I, I'll take my self talk and turn it into prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if I'm obsessing or worrying about something, it's like, okay, duh, pray about it. Right. Really? Well, <laughs> it's like, like, yeah. I feel like we're under this you can get caught in like almost an illusion sometimes mm-hmm. where it's like you want to 
figure the the things out before you feel like you need to pray about it you know like I mm-hmm. feel like yeah doers and like taskers are like let me just like see if I can do it first you know that is very true and it's like not until you're underground are you like Okay, I guess I need help. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I can't do it. Uh, yeah. yeah, but like, you know, when people say, well, all that's left is just to pray. It's like, no, really, that should have been <laughs> the first, the first option. Yes. <laughs> God. <laughs> Rather than trying all the other options yeah. and thinking, well, the only thing left is to pray. Oops, yeah. nope. So I guess I don't need to, I mean, it goes without saying that having a quiet mindset is desirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But I did look up a few verses. I mean, Proverbs, y'all, mm-hmm. Proverbs is the most practical book of the Bible. And it takes some, like, looking up some definitions of words, I think, sometimes to understand the context. Because, like, some of these things are very timeless. But some of them are, like, they're talking about a woman and sed- seduction and what about houses and going to hell. Like, <laughs> you have to kind of read between the lines because it's poetry. Um, but I think that there's so many good practical things in Proverbs. So I found this verse that said, a sound mind, this is the message version, a sound mind makes for a robust body, but runaway emotions corrode the bones. Mm. And like, it's funny because like, again, poetry, Mm -hmm. like having anxious thoughts does not literally make your bones deteriorate, but it does make, it does affect you physically. I mean, like, that's what we can take away from that. Um, and that's in Proverbs fourteen thirty. And then I was like, is it, does it always talk about the mind? Like what other translations is the same mind? And then the other, another one, the NIV says a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. So I looked up, this is something that you can do very easily. Um, I use biblehub.com mm-hmm. and you can type in a, a verse and then you can go to the Hebrew, the Greek, or whatever language, and you can look up the root word. So if you ever hear a pastor talking about the root word of this is blah, 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 or the Greek word is this, blah, 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 you can look that up too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that we had resources at our fingertips that you could do that. I mean, I did, but I just never knew where to find them. So BibleHub.com. That's cool. But you can click on Hebrew, and I clicked on Hebrew. And I was like, so why does one translation say heart and one mind? Because like we're talking about a sound mind. So of course I can't pull a verse that talks about your heart because we're not talking about the heart, right? And so I looked up heart and mind and both of those together are translated labe or labe, meaning inner man, mind, will, heart. So when we say a like a quiet mind, I think that we're talking about a lot more. We're talking about the inner self. We're talking about our heart and our mind and our will. Yeah. And so what does it look like to have a quiet will, heart, and mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I like what you were saying that the things that, that when we don't pursue that and how, you know, that scripture talks about rotting the bones and stuff like that. And I think that's true that when we ignore our noisiness, if you want yeah. to call it that way, it's going to end. We just say, oh, I'm just going to keep going. And it just comes out sideways. Yeah. You know, it comes out whether we're, you know, in our physical body, you know, how we react to other people, if we're irritable, yes. you know, with others, you know, stress eating, yeah. you know, all of those things. And, um, and instead, because we are, I mean, it's, it's just like medically, we're all interconnected. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're like this closed system. And so we're all interconnected. Well, same way, like what, what the Hebrew was saying, it's like, it's our mind, it's our heart, it's our emotions, it's our thoughts. It's like all together, it's interconnected. Mm-hmm. And so when our thoughts and our emotions, it's like it all ends up being noisy. And I think for me, um, I think one of the things that has always helped me is prayer. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes kind of, you know, I think um, we think that we have to just, okay, I have to have a 15-minute block or right. a 20-minute yeah. block where I'm yeah. just going to sit and I'm going to fold my hands and I'm going to pray. Mm-hmm. And I learned really quickly when I had three small young children all at the same time mm-hmm. that it's like, there isn't time like that. Mm-hmm. There just isn't, you know, especially when they were all really, you know, very, very young because they were really close in age. And I realized that I can pray anytime mm-hmm. because, and, you know, you think about it, it's like in First Thessalonians, I can't say Thessalonians, <laughs> 517, um, it says, never stop praying. Well, then, you know, I remember reading that as a, as a new believer and saying, what, you want me to get be, become like a, a nun or a monk or something or a recluse or a hermit or something? And it's like, no, it's like, it's anytime, anywhere, even yeah. you know, while you're folding laundry mm-hmm. or you're doing whatever that you can be talking to God yeah. and about whatever it is that's on your mind at that moment, yeah. whatever is disturbing your heart, whatever is churning up your emotions. Mm-hmm. And and he will meet you there and start bringing some peace. Yeah, that's know? good. And I mean, so I think that that's, for me, that prayer has been really, really, yeah. really important because I feel like it connects me with God and takes away that feeling of, I've got to get my emotions under control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to get my thoughts under control. Yeah. Just discipline, yeah. you know, just saying, no, I'm not going to think about that. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. I The other day, I just... I was praying. I was like, God, I'm so mad about this. Like, I talked to him like I was talking to one of my friends venting. Yeah. Like, I'm mad about this because blah, 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 and blah, 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 and they blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, I'm just mad about that. Yeah. Well, I had, um, I was talking to a friend about, we were doing a study with our circle, and we were talking about what it means to have, like, a heavenly perspective or to, like, set your eyes on heaven. And one thing she mentioned was that, like, as Christ followers, it's really easy to kind of divide, like, okay, this is like secular and this is like spiritual. Like I have my secular friends and I have my spiritual friends or like I have my secular problems, like my coworkers and whatever the case may be that's like causing noise in your mind. And then I have my spiritual problems and like then we divide our time. Like this is my spiritual time. Like Janice, you said, it's so important. Like throughout the day you can pray. But we we feel like we have to have, okay, let's take our like 15 minutes at the beginning of the day you know, right before dinner and then like we'll pray before bed and that's like our spiritual t- prayer time. Yeah. But like a heavenly perspective, and I love the way she phrased it. She was like a heavenly perspective is like all in one. Like yeah. we got all together. Once an all inclusive access pass mm-hmm. to there is no like secular mm-hmm. spiritual. That's right. Like that divide is not there. So you can be in a secular quote unquote situation and be like, God like I'm inviting you in, or even if you're just in your thoughts, your loud mindset, just inviting God in to be like, I'm just like thinking about a lot right now and I need you to like be here and like hear it. Like I'm inviting you in. Not necessarily like sitting down for 30 minutes and journaling out your prayer about all the things that you need fixed, you know? But it's like, I'm thinking this right now and I'm in this situation and I'm just like inviting you in. And 
like how much could you see change with just the simple invite in you know it's true even if it's like you think it's it has nothing to do with like the church you know yeah I think we do that often we divide I mean like there's been so many authors that have written on secular and sacred Mm -hmm. and how so for so many years in the church world we've divided them yeah and there's ways that that has hurt us and as Christians and as Christ followers. Um, but I think the thing that has probably allowed me to see God in such a bigger way in the last 10 years of my walk with him is realizing that there is no dividing line. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because even in sin, we have a rescuer. I mean, like, so we can be in the most dire situation covered in bondage sinking deep and we still have a lifeline and that's not that's not secular that's sacred that we have a lifeline in 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 the midst and among our sin and so there's there's really no division in life of secular and sacred yeah there's people that argue against it and like i'm like one of those people that i'm like listen to this side i'm like very yes i see that and the other side (laughs) yes i see that too but i think what i've come to the conclusion of over the years is that there's really not a dividing line between secular and sacred and so how that pertains to a quiet mindset is like you said inviting god Mm -hmm. in all of it and not trying to categorize and divide and store and shove under the rug and all that because god really wants to hear all of it right Mm -hmm. now i think that there is there's also a component of like invite God in, you know, pray, talk to God throughout the day, but also like get to know God. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get to know God is through his word. So for me, a very, it kind of goes against like setting, like scheduling out because we advise to not like schedule your prayer, you know, just mm-hmm. like it should be like a rhythm not necessarily a routine, just like a rhythm of your life. But rhythms, rhythms are sectioned out. But for me, I'm in a, I'm in a place right now where it's like, I, if I don't set aside that time, like it's, it's not going it to just happen. Vanishes. Yeah. Yeah. And there are even times when I do set aside that time and I'm like, I don't want to do it. And I will, I will like, you feel the conviction yeah. of like, you're not spending time with me, but we still be like, I just like really want to go to bed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's discipline. I think part of it's discipline. And two, it's okay to have that time set aside to spend time in the word and still like eat, like not that 10 minutes of reading the Bible is going to like drastically change your life, you know? But it's that daily yeah. rhythm. You get to know more and more mm-hmm. and more as you read it over and over again of... I'm setting this time aside because if, if I don't like, there will never be a time in the like busy, hectic chaos where I will just stumble upon 10 minutes, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and not know what to do with it. So in other words, you really are saying it, you have to be intentional. Yes. yes. You have to be intentional. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you guys are married and it's like if you were just saying, oh, I'm just going to wait till the time pops up so that I can interact with my spouse. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, you're, being, you like, you're intentional about it. That well, I want to connect with you. Yeah. Well, even in the beginning, it can seem rigid and mm-hmm. structured and timed. Yeah. But I promise you. And I'm not saying this from a place of boasting. I promise you, the more that you do that, mm-hmm. 
the more it becomes your desire. Right. And you move closer to just a very steady flow of yeah. asking God to be there with you. Yeah. Um, I I love that both of you said the word discipline and which made me think of the word spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines is an interesting word because like at first take, I'm like, it's going to punish me. Like, <laughs> right. Well, we get confused about what the word means. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like there's things that, I mean, in the Bible talks about like disciplining is for our good. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't, it's not, um, punishing okay so when like my kids were little i had a person tell me that you have to be very careful between the word that you use like punish and discipline because they're not the same so so a lot of times like i would growing up i would hear like you're you're being punished because blah 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 blah. but really what they meant to say what they probably had the heart i mean because this when this would come from my parents it would be like i'm disciplining you because i love you and you did this bad or wrong or not like not like what you were supposed to do so discipline means to correct or rebuke and in a loving sense you know what i mean it's not just a shame that would be punished to make you feel stupid for what you've done and how could you and all of that Mm -hmm. discipline is is an invitation to us Mm -hmm. um to carve out times in our life to set in place rhythms so like you can even say spiritual rhythms and just to give you a little sneak peek this is what we're going to be talking a lot, a big section of our day on the Inspired Conference coming in May. Yeah. Um, we have uh, one of our speakers come in. Her name is Kim Fearing. She is in um, in seminary right now, and she's getting her Master's of Divinity in um, Spiritual Formation and Soul Care. And so oh, she has really do- like dived in really deep to these mm-hmm. spiritual disciplines. There's a lot of them. Um, and if I could just like give you a resource right now even... There's a book called The Celebration of Discipline by yeah. Robert J. Foster, Richard J. Foster. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read it? It's not it's not new. No, I read it when it first came out. Yeah, it I mean, like I read it, uh, yeah. you know, five, 10 years ago and I've just picked it back up and it is a gold mine, mm-hmm. gold mine. And he breaks down every spiritual discipline. I mean, like there's things like there's inner disciplines, which are like prayer, meditation, fasting, um, study, silence, solitude, all of these things are inner disciplines because they deal with things that we can control. Mm-hmm. And then there's outward disciplines, which are more like fellowship and um, worship and like community and stuff like that. Um, but he dives into every single one of them and gives you kind of just like a deep dive into like why this is important. How does this really help enhance your relationship with Christ? Mm, and cool. if you put these things in practice, like he even says, this is the love, the freedom that I love that he gives is you don't have to do it all. Like just okay. focus on one right. thing yeah. at a time. Mm-hmm. And so when I was thinking through this quiet mindset, I really landed on the word meditation mm-hmm. and it sounds really Eastern, like, new age. yeah, new age, zen, <laughs> yeah. uh, affirmation. Like next to a juice bar. You know? Yes. <laughs> I'm Meditation like just sounds so, yes, I, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's not always that. Like I, in this book, I read uh, Robert, or I keep calling him Robert, Richard Foster. He said that meditation is the ability to hear God's voice and obey it. And so there's no way that we can hear God's voice if we have a noisy mind. And so like he really digs in deep to like 
how do you meditate? And he gives up like very, very practical things like palms up, palms down. This is, I love this. Palms down is releasing like the things that you're carrying around, the burdens that you're carrying around and saying like, you can have this, like my busy day, I'm worried about this test result. I, you know, have so much to do that I can't think straight. I have no food in my refrigerator, like things like that. As you enter into meditation, you have your palms down. And as you sit there and you just tell God all of those things that you're carrying around and sit with it and just be quiet and listen. Mm -hmm. Like you don't like it's the opposite of prayer. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's literally sitting and listening because praying a lot. Praying can be like an inner like Mm -hmm. a combination of both. But this is literally just sitting and then sitting there for a little while. And when you feel ready, turning your palms up to say you can have all of it. And it's just, it's a physical way to release some of the noise in the crowds in your mind. And so I love how he said that. But he also said that meditation is not like releasing, is not finding and becoming detached because that's what a lot of like Eastern meditation is like detaching yourself from this situation or this. And it's escapism Mm -hmm. is really what it is. But he said, Christ-centered meditation is filling your mind. Because we think it's emptying our mind. Yeah. And he's saying the object of meditation is not to empty your mind. It's to fill it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, it led me to think like scripture memorization, Mm -hmm. something that I need to do a lot better at. That's Mm -hmm. filling your mind Mm -hmm. because you are choosing to say, get out of the way and then I'm going to fill it with Mm -hmm. the thing that I know will sustain me. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love, um, I remember years ago, I probably when I read that book, um, about the word discipline and that it's related to the word disciple. Mm-hmm. And that discipline, I mean, and, and it is a word that is used many times interchangeably with punishment. Yeah. And that's not true. Discipline is when, you know, when scripture says that he disciplines those that he loves, that he disciplines us because we're his sons and daughters, is because he wants to teach us and yeah. wants us to grow. It's not you know, and so sometimes it's like, you know, those times when you feel like, okay, you really got me hemmed in here. <laughs> this is the only thing I can do. It's because I love you. And so I really want you to learn to walk this way. Yeah. And, um, and so when he disciplines us or when we practice a discipline or a rhythm or whatever we want to call it, mm-hmm. then it is, it's, we're learning more about who we are in, in Christ and he's, um, and he's changing us and he's helping mm-hmm. us grow. Yeah. And and that's the whole point is yeah. to yeah. become more like him. You know, um, I love what you said about scripture. Um, I know mm-hmm. one time I, I love the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. because it is poetry. It's well, it's song lyrics, if you want to put it that yeah. way, too. And but I love the book of Psalms because it has all of life in it. It's the best way to put it. Yeah. There's laments. There's, you know, sad songs. There's celebratory songs. There's the ones where. You know, it's like, God, you know, where are you? Yeah. Or, you know, I everybody's deserted me or everybody's against me or, you know, I'm feeling broken or whatever. But they're all there. And then um, I had um, a season where I went through Psalm 91. And if you are struggling with anxiety or you're struggling with worry or whatever, I highly suggest that you sit down with Psalm 91 mm-hmm. and every day just take one verse. Yeah. Just yeah. one verse. Like, yeah. for example, here's the first verse. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High 
will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That's good. And I remember at the time I was doing this, it was like, I don't feel any rest right yeah. now. And then, but it, what struck me as I, as I thought about that and thought about that scripture and, and just kind of turned it over in my mind was that it says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High. In other words, I have to choose to be there. I have to choose to live to dwell yeah. in, the, in the shelter. Yeah. I can choose to be like out here yeah. and not be in that shelter. I can choose that, or I can choose to be in there because that's where I'm going to yeah. find the rest that I yeah. so desperately am seeking. And so, you know, but, you know, just go through that, that Psalm verse by verse, just take one a day or one yeah. a week, sit with it and see what God, you know, speaks to you because yeah. his word, like you were saying, is the way we get to know him. And it becomes a mirror to reflect on us because I'm I'm looking at them like okay so I know there's yeah. lots of times I don't choose right yeah I think that's important to point out that it can literally be like one verse a week mm-hmm. or a month like I think that goes back to um, when we talk about like our loud like noisy mindsets like the enemy wants things to be noisy and hurried like you said Jess yeah. and I think that when we're in a a time where we're reading God's word, like part of you just wants to like read as much as you can. You know, I think that's something that people struggle with is like, I should just keep reading until this time. That's is my back with sometimes with Bible, like reading the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that practice and I think mm-hmm. it has its time and its place, but I'm so concerned with reading the Bible in a year that I do not soak in one bit. Yes. And I, then I get frustrated. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to I will read the Bible and however long it takes me. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's how you fill your mind with scriptures that you remember mm-hmm. is I'm going to focus on one. And it can be, I think I, I mentioned this to you guys before too. You don't have to know like, okay, if I'm struggling with anxiety right now, like I should read Psalms. It's okay to not know what book you should turn to. Right. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as like, you can do a Google search. Right. Like yes. Bible verses about whatever yeah whatever you're going through Mm -hmm. and then you can choose one and you can look at different translations of it because as we've talked about in this Mm -hmm. episode like different translations will reveal different things about what god's trying to teach you go on bible gateway and it will just have this whole big long drop down with all the different versions Mm -hmm. and then you can choose one and you can focus on that for the entire week you can meditate on it and that is what you'll be able to recall in three years yeah mm-hmm. not you know if you're doing like the bible in a year mm-hmm. not because i think those ones have you almost reading a full book every week mm-hmm. and at that point i think i struggle with that as well because i think it makes i'm a big fan of schedules and like pacing guides is what we call them in education it's a pacing guide for the unit but that becomes a checklist and so it's like, okay, I'm on pace. I'm on pace. And now I'm not. So I need to like get there. And it becomes more about, am I going to get through the whole Bible in a year than it is about, am I going to learn about God mm-hmm. through his word? And so I think that just knowing that it's okay to take in one verse at a time, yeah. if that's what you need to do, then once you're equipped a Bible in a year would be, yeah. you know, that yeah, like I said, it has its time and its place. I'm thinking of a time that I've read through the Bible in a year. And it was when I was nursing my son, my middle son in the middle of the night, I was like, you know, I could scroll through social media while I'm nursing him, or I could do something productive. 
and I can read my Bible. But it wasn't the time for me to like get out my concordance and my journal. Like right. I couldn't right. do that. I like had a kid in my hand. So it was like, oh, I'll just read through the Bible in a year. And it was great because and I was half asleep the whole time. But <laughs> I mean, I I am also a believer to say that if you read the word of God, it will not, it will do what it is accomplished, like set out and God will accomplish what he has for it. It will not return to him void. Um, so just even reading the Bible in the year, if you're on that plan, because I know sometimes we start those at the very beginning of the year, then keep doing that because yes. God's going to accomplish what he needs yeah. to do through you reading the Bible. But uh, talking more of in a meditation context of how right. to quiet your mind, you will not. Well, I won't say that. It's going to be harder for you to quiet your mind reading the Bible through in one year than it would be to sit at a verse. Mm -hmm. And I love this exercise is to insert yourself into the story. Mm -hmm. Who who am I in the story? What was the context of this time? And you might have to do a little bit of research. I mean, like New Testament. I mean, like I, it's it's easy to find things. Make sure that you're looking at the right one. But then this question of like, how do I know if they're on track or whatever? But there's lots of concordances, um, but inserting yourself in the story and even thinking like, how would I feel in this situation? Yeah. And how did Jesus respond like that with such grace and truth? And why can't I do that? And how would I change to become more like Jesus so that I can respond like that? And on the list it goes. Um, but I think that it's really important that, like you said, like with reading or meditation or prayer is that you just, you marinate. Yeah. yeah. You let it. Yeah. I think it's a difference um, like um, going on vacation and driving and taking the interstate or taking the back roads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a good comparison. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, um, there are times to take the interstate. Yeah. And there are times to take the back roads because you you miss a whole lot if you, right. you know, only stay on the interstate. I mean, I've done a um, through the Bible plan in a year thing mm -hmm. for I don't know, my U version pulled it up this year when I completed it. I think this is like the 10th year or something I've done it. But the thing I found is by repeating it over and over again, it's like every time yeah. it's like I find something else. And it's like in that reading, there's going to be something that really stands out. And that's what I go back to. You know, um, if you find a verse, even like, you know, you're sitting, you know, on a Sunday and you hear something in, in the message that's like, oh, you know, and you had that tug, it's like, oh, I really want to think about that some more. I want to look that up. Write it down, you know, uh, stick it someplace so that you can see it, put it in your car, do whatever so that you, during the day, you're looking at it and going, I'm going to think about that some more. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, when you think about meditating on the word, part of it is just repeating it to yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know, the Bible was designed in a way to be read out loud. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that if you've got a bunch of kids around reading it out loud, it might be a little bit strange. You know, <laughs> there's some probably some sections you don't want your kids to hear right now, you know, but but sometimes hearing it, depending on how you learn, it really makes a yeah. big difference. I think it's also OK to and encourage to like try a different translation. Mm -hmm. If you are like, I can't get through a single page of this guy switched to New Life Translation and it's made like mm -hmm. a world of difference. Yeah. One thing I'll say on that is tra Bible translations um, and meditating and having a quiet mind. I think one practical thing that I've done, and this might seem like a really roundabout way, but let me explain. Um, so there's translations are obviously translations, and it's a group of people that have a like mindedness on how the Bible should be translated. Mm -hmm. So it's a group of people or a person that says, I want to communicate to this kind of people. 
I'm going to study the Greek and the Hebrew text and I'm going to learn what the root words and I'm going to do my best to try to like figure out how to translate that to something Mm -hmm. that we would understand. Because I mean, literally, if the Bible is written out in Hebrew and like we had to learn Hebrew to read it, which did happen in the past, that would be really hard for us. And we, it would be hard for us to connect to God because yeah. if the word of God is there for us to read and to learn about his character, like the, the barrier is language, right? right? Mm-hmm. So translations are a for, different forms of language to communicate who God is. So I kind of went on a rabbit trail and like, I love the message. Like I don't read that for my studying, my primary studying, because it's a little bit of a looser translation than like the Greek and Hebrew. Um, but I love it because when I go back to it, I'm like, who sees the world in this way? It's such yeah. an interesting way to view um, the Bible through someone else's eyes and how they, they've chewed it up and studied it and then regurgitated it. And so like the guy who wrote the message, Eugene Peterson, I started reading, like I read his um, autobiography and I was like, I love just like reading about him because the way that he saw the word of God, the way that he knew who God's character was, I was fascinated by that. Mm -hmm. And the way I'm saying that this connects is contemplation. Because I think that sometimes we feel like we're going down these rabbit holes of things that like don't really pertain to anything. But God has a way of looping it back around sometimes in my life specifically where I'm like, I learned more about God by just being quiet and like contemplating this subject. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I read the message. I was drawn and attracted to that. I want to know who like really translated that. So reading about Eugene Peterson, I'm like, I love the way that he viewed God Mm -hmm. and in turn allowed me to see God in bigger ways and more creative and like ways that I didn't think of God in the first place. And so what I'm saying is I think that our culture, even inside of our religious culture, we have we have made this callous form of superficiality where things like so we can be like, oh, I'll just pray for you. Or mm-hmm. we have a quiet or we have a busy mind and we're just like, oh, just tell like just practice meditation. But what I'm asking you as a listener is to think, be contemplative about it. Why do I have so much noise in my mind? Yeah. What would block out some of that noise? What can I fill that with? Am I being, am I, am I going down the right path to fill it with the right stuff? Yeah. Um, and just being contemplative about your life yeah. and looking at other people's lives to say like, how have you struggled or like dealt with this? Like you've struggled with it and then you've dealt with it. Like, tell me about that. It's becoming a thinker, yeah, yeah. a learner and a thinker. And one thing that you said about discipline, it makes me think of the word redemptive. I always attach the word redemptive to discipline. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it is. Yeah. Punishment is not redemptive. No. Discipline is. It has a greater end mm-hmm. that we can't see. Mm-hmm. But God is always working in our discipline mm-hmm. to be redemptive. Like he restores, he renews, and he redeems. And so if we see the spiritual disciplines that we're doing, this meditating and memorizing scripture and um, setting aside time and prayer, then it always has a redemptive aspect to it. We might not be able to see it now, but we will one day. I like that you describe it as filling your mind too, because I think that all things culture will tell us that a quiet mindset is like emptying and not having anything to worry about and not having anything to think about. But 
like you said, Jess, and God is like, I want to feel that. Like that is how your thoughts become quiet and peaceful is when I'm feeling them. But culture will tell us, like, just take time for you, you know, just like veg out if you have, you know. So I just I think that's so interesting is that where culture will program us to think that a quiet mindset is one Mm -hmm. where you don't have to think about anything. And I was thinking, too, just the the thought of silence, which, of course, Mm -hmm. is not comfortable for most people. Mm -hmm. And. And even in silence, it's not that, like you said, I'm just going to just totally empty my mind. Right. You know, that's not it. It's just, it's silence so that I can hear him. Yeah. yeah. And so that I can, and let him download some things into me right. and fill me or give me peace or, or whatever. But it's me being quiet, mm-hmm. you know, and seeking in an environment, if possible, quiet. There's, you know, I'm a musician, so, you know, I get in my car and my phone is hooked up and I'm listening to something. Yeah. And there's been so many times recently where, you know, I went over, you know, I'm, I'm ready to hit play and, you know, God's saying, no, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Yeah. Just be quiet. I do love those times in my car. Mm-hmm. I, and more often than not, I just sit in silence. Mm-hmm. And it's because... At home, nothing is quiet at home. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, my mind is so busy going when I'm yeah. doing things and mm-hmm. knocking off all the tasks on my list. And sometimes it's as easy as carving out time to just to be quiet and silent because then we will listen. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage you if you're listening. A lot of times before we realize that we need a quiet mindset, we realize we're really in deep. Like, yeah. I, there's no way I can ever have a quiet mind. And we feel like doing something as small as turning the music off won't do anything, but be encouraged that it does. And just doing something as small as memorizing one line of scripture won't do anything. It does. Or doing something so small as to just carving out 15 minutes to sit. You don't think it's going to do something. It will. Right. It will. That's right. And it, because it does seem so minuscule compared to all of the thoughts that are running in your mind but like we've said like those will not be unnoticed Mm -hmm. and they won't be void Mm -hmm. like that one maybe like 15 second prayer walking into the grocery store where you're like god just like be with me and like show me what you want to do with me in this grocery store like Mm -hmm. that will be met Mm -hmm. as time i think that what our world likes to do is to make our problems seem so big that anything we do about them will be so small in comparison. Yeah. But it's those tiny, not stepping stones, but like those tiny forms of surrender, Mm -hmm. I would call them, that allow for release from that. Yeah. I know you were talking about just maybe one little scripture or something and I know one that um I memorized a long time ago and again you know kind of what you were saying it's like if you don't know what you know look it up and just say okay I need something to deal with fear I need bible verses to deal with fear for example um and don't get hung up on it but I don't remember what the book and chapter and verse so that I can say thus say it this and that just get it the gist of it yeah. in your head. You it's, don't have to be like Colossians three sixteen A says. <laughs> yes. 
Right. It, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is that it's the truth and it's yeah. the word and it's yeah. the spirit of the word. And I mean, like Jess was saying, we're not even reading it in the original language. Right. We are reading in a way an interpretation of what those, because many times languages, if you've ever taken a foreign language, there's some words that's like, we can do our best here. Yeah. There's know. not a good word to match. Yeah. There's not yeah. a good match here, you know, yeah. for example. But one that that has always, I remember getting into my head a long, long time ago, um, is First Peter 5, 7, which is give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And and it's and believe me, I that is in my head so often as a as a reminder that whatever is making my mind really noisy that I'm worried about or that there's a burden or there's whatever that I can give them all. Some translations say cast. I I remember uh, hearing a a teaching one time that the the original Greek is like literally taking it and throwing it. Mm -hmm. And believe me, there's been. Oh my gosh, I can think of a few to throw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had a couple times at home. This one of the advantages of living by yourself is you can do some really weird things and nobody, <laughs> you know. And I've had things, you know, I have like a like a pillow, you know, like on the on the couch, mm-hmm. and I literally have stood across the room, mm-hmm. and and you know, with a couple of them, you know, and just said and said out loud, Talking "This is what it is." Bam, you know, to the couch. Yeah. Didn't knock any lamps down or anything, but you know, it's like I I. I got to give this to you and this is the only way I can do it. Yeah. You know, somehow that helps me in my mind, you know, make the connection. But know that he's going to catch it. He's yeah. not going to drop it because he cares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know that it like it means so much to him too. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just an invitation to like this is what I'm worrying about, like that means a lot. Like when someone when a friend invites me to listen to everything that's stressing them out, I don't necessarily think like, wow. Thank, thank you. you. Like, what a gift. I'm just like, okay, lay it on me. You know, I'm writing. Like, like that means so much to him. When, even if it's the mundane, like scrubbing the bathroom floor, like it just means so much to him. And he's the only one who will think that it means that much. Yeah, you know. And so it's like, why cast it or even like take it out on others when you have someone that cares so much more about it yeah i've even told god before like in that verse like read it and be like but i don't believe that you care for me yeah Mm -hmm. because this feels too heavy and it feels like you're not taking it off of me yeah and i think we can be honest with god like that Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i want to believe that you care for me Mm -hmm. so in some way today can you help me to believe that yeah yeah Yeah. i mean like there's even the parable like uh, talking about the the um normally it wasn't a parable the story about like the the man that was saying like praying out loud like help me like I'm not a sinner like them mm-hmm. um oh yeah the yes the, the Pharisee right, and then the, the other guy saying help me help my unbelief mm-hmm. like yeah I'm a sinner help me yeah and I think um and also like you were saying sometimes we don't know it's like okay I want to believe that you care for me yeah I don't, I've been praying and praying and nothing's changing or this is just seems to get worse, right? you know, or whatever. And, um, and to be honest like that is so important. He knows it anyways, <laughs> you know, um, sometimes the best prayer in the world is just say, help me, Jesus. Yeah. I can't, you know what, you know it all, but I can't, I can't, I can't even verbalize it right now. So yes, yeah. you know, just to help me. 
I think that's the thing that so many times I think we get into a performance mindset of where we just say, we have to do it this way, or we have to spend this much time, or we need to be able to pray in a certain way and phrase things a certain yeah. way. And we have to do, do all that. And, um, and if we don't, then it's not acceptable yeah. to him. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Quiet mindset. Very challenging for me. Like I said, oh, yes. God humbles oh, me, especially when I'm staying up between three and five and my <laughs> mind is racing. A little optic lesson, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. But that that was really good. Yeah. I know. We say it all the time. We feel like we're in a therapy session, yeah. but we really do. Like we said, get your own group together. Yes. Talk about these exact same That's things. Right. Maybe like you... You don't even watch this. Well, that wouldn't make any sense because then you wouldn't be hearing me. But you see the title and you're like, okay, I'm going to go talk with that or talk about that with my friends. And yes, not even don't even maybe try it something different and don't even listen to this first. Maybe try it with the next episode. Don't even listen to what we say about it. Right. And take the topic and go talk, talk with, you know, your girlfriends and then and then maybe listen in. And I think it it's like a very scary thing to do that because no one wants to be like the friend that's like, well, I'm like struggling with this. But it can be so freeing yeah, for not only you, the light. but mm-hmm. everyone else in that circle who's probably either struggling with or has struggled with the same exact yes. thing mm-hmm. and then feels like they're a normal, like still valued yeah. person. Yeah. So the enemy wants you know, to blend us into the crowd yes. and wants to make us feel like mm-hmm. we're all alone. So share it That's with right. your trustworthy small... Yeah, in day. reference to yes. whatever episode it was last year that we talked to. Yeah, Square Squad. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Your trusted circle. Yeah. We're glad that you joined us today. We're excited that you're here, that you're sharing this table with us. Go ahead and like and share this. I mean, like, that's always a fun way to do it. But we are going to be back next week talking about more exciting topics that you have suggested. So we'll see you next week. See you then. Bye. Thanks for listening today. We hope this episode has inspired you to start a conversation with the women in your life. And we would love to hear from you, your comments, as well as your questions. So email us at inspired at the x.church. And we would love to see you at the Inspired Conference on Saturday, May 6th here at X Church. Registration is open now. You don't want to miss it. Sign up for the conference at www.thex.church forward slash inspired 2023. And don't forget to join us next week for more conversation in another episode of the Inspired Podcast. See you then.